from sheisconference.org and Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the She Is Community Podcast. All right. Hello, ladies. I am really excited for um, this podcast. First of all, welcome back. We're so glad that you're joining us. And so I just wanted to say um, we're glad you're joining us for this episode. I'm really excited. It's a very special episode. We are coming off of She Is One Night Online, um, which is you new and unique, but um, a really exciting experience. So I am one of your hosts, Katie Stevens. And I'm Kim Massengale, and I'm so excited that we have Jess Connolly with us today. So Jess was just with us for She Is One Night Online, and she was supposed to be with us in person, and we're so sad. We're so sad, um, oh. but <laughs> so sad. But, um, but we're so glad that you're here with us today, Jess. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. You're welcome. So just to tell you, I mean, I know you're not, you're no stranger to She Is. Um, You've been with us before um, and have experienced our city and our community. And um, I went to Katie, gosh, probably over, I don't know, like a year and a half ago, Katie, maybe a year ago. I don't know. I don't know. About what? (laughs) About this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was probably a year and a half ago. (laughs) So I went to Katie and just like asked her what God was speaking to her, like how we can become even more of a community with she is because we never wanted it to terminate on just holding a conference once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really our heart to see women discipled and connected throughout the year. And so I had already had the podcast on my heart, but I didn't really share that with her. So I just presented to her and asked her what God was speaking to to her heart. And she came back um, to me with this podcast idea of just developing community through, um, through podcasting and just really talking to real life women who are in their communities and serving and doing, you know, incredible things. And so, um, so that's really our heart behind it. And I know yours is very similar with go and tell gals actually. Love that. I love it. So cool. Such a good mission. Yeah. We just want to hear from you, like really just what God's doing in your life, what he's doing in your heart, what he's doing through Go and Tell Gals right now through all of this craziness with COVID. You had an event that you were supposed to have too. Did, that I did. You had to put on hold. Yeah. So yeah. How are you having to pivot during this season? Yeah. Such a good question. Well, um, I, you will, anyone who went to, um, she is online will have heard this, but I can't not say it that, um, you know, you and pastor Mel have just been such an encouragement and such good friends to our church. Your whole church has been a good friend to our church. And, um, so yeah, that's my context. I, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I've got four kids and an unruly dog who's probably going to meander by at some point. You'll probably hear him. And uh, Nick and I planted and pastor Bright City Church here in Charleston. And so we've got like a wild, rowdy little group of like a hundred and something people seeking the heart of God here in downtown Charleston. And our context is really interesting. We're, we're growing together with people, a lot of people who like may have loved God for a long time, but have walked away from the church and um, just, 
you know, you always like have this picture and vision of like the kind of church you're going to plant and then what God ends up doing. And so for us, that story's been just been interesting in and of itself. Like this, these people that we've have found kind of conglomerating and gathering together and becoming family, but our church is small. It's pretty small. It's a hundred or so people. We um, have like one and a half people on staff. Nick um, is, is, was our only pastor going into COVID-19. We actually were going to ordain our, our next round of pastors, our, our first set of pastors and deacons on March 29th. And like that got canceled. And so um, we're, we're just, it's been really interesting to pivot as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, we had actually like really run from anything online for a long time because um, because I do stuff online, because I do stuff on the internet, we just saw this prevalence of people like picking and choosing their pastors and who they wanted to listen to. And so number one, we didn't necessarily have the resources to do a lot online mm-hmm. um, with our small church budget. And number two, we just felt this like, hardcore intensity to, to pastor the people that were in front of us that came on Sundays. And so we had no live stream. Like we just got a podcast in December where our sermons went online. Um, and they were still like super shoestring. Like the sermon started and it ended. There was no intro. There was no music. Like, we, just, <laughs> we just were able to do that. Um, and so just immediately we had to pivot really intensely to just figure out like, what does this look like? How do, how do we do this online? How do we do this for our people? And so the first few Sundays were, there were so many tears and all of a sudden I found myself becoming like an internet live producer, you know, where I'm like switching back and forth to people on zoom. And like one time I accidentally the camera on myself, like you know, just bad stuff would happen. Um, and from there, we've kind of found our footing. Um, and now we're really, I mean, you know, you and I spoke on the phone earlier this week. Like now, I, th- I think i think the mental and emotional and spiritually mature response at this point for most of us is like, God, how can I cultivate this? Like, this is not the land I would have chosen. This is not what I would have picked for us. But I, I have to find the silver lining. And more than that, I have to dig in and cultivate right where I'm at. And so, um, while like where, what we're kind of moving to in for the summer is almost like a house church type movement, kind of dispersing our people throughout the city into smaller gatherings. Um, and I know there are a lot of people that hear like house church or like house worship. And they're like, they think that's so like rogue and beautiful and wild. Like that is not my jam. I'm like, put me in a room with 2000 people with the yeah. lights off. And like, I thrive. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's not even like our preference. It's just like, okay, this is people are, coming alive. And, um, you know, we're seeing people sort of pastor their homes and shepherd their, shepherd their spaces, not, not even people who have families, but like single women saying like, this is my church. Like, this is my spot right here. I'm going to pastor and tend and cultivate this land. Mm. And so we're blessed by that. Um, good. business wise, it's been really interesting. Yeah. We had to cancel some, I mean, we had to cancel a lot of events, Um, and so as a, as somebody who teaches the Bible for, you know, part of my living, there's, I have a lot of like a lot of grief over just, uh, over just like what the next few months looks like. But, um, also I've, for, I've always said for my entire few years traveling to teach the Bible that I have this really strong belief that like every place I go, there's someone in the room 
there's someone in the room locally who can do what I do like 10 times better than how I do it and that they, they maybe should be doing it. And so it's also mm-hmm. a little bit like put your money where your mouth is moment for me where I'm like, <laughs> I've said all along that I want to equip women to teach the word of God right where they're at and equip each other. And so I think that's happening. I think wow. that's cool and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm doing what I can. I'm, I just started writing again. Um, cause I don't have to go anywhere to do that. And God's bringing some fruit and favor there. And I'm grateful for that, but mostly just trying to, trying to like pivot and worship well, like I know everybody else is, you know? Right. That's yeah. so good. It's, and it's hard, right? It's, it's just hard. <laughs> hard. It's a cakewalk. Well, I, you know, and then you're a mom on top of this. So you were already homeschooling one of your kids. Yes. I'd actually, we, I am not, I'm like the least typical homeschool mom you've ever met. I'm, I love public school. I love public school. All our kids <laughs> public school. Um, our church actually met in our kids' school for the first five years we were at church. Like we love our local school. Um, and one of my kiddos came out of school this fall just because that was what was right for her. And then another one of my kids came home in January um, mm-hmm. because that was what was right for him. And then, you know, now they're all home. Um, and so that's been super special. <laughs> so precious. Um, and, uh, I have, I have all four are dying to go back to school next year. So that's great. I'm going to have the four most passionate kids when on the first day of school, they're going to be eager and about what God's going to do when they leave our house. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Hey, I've been meaning to ask you, I know you're doing, so you already know that I'm a huge fan of You Are the Girl for the Job that literally wept reading it. Um, And I was lucky to get to read it before it was released by, I remember being on a plane, flying from a speaking engagement in Canada and reading it and just weeping just because I identified so much with it. Um, So you know that I love it. I've we have had over a hundred women go through it at our church and I pray many, many more because I just think it's such a important message for women to grab hold of and just know that they are the girl for the job, no matter what. Um, but I am excited because I know that you have been working on a, you are the girl for the job, like for, for preteens, right? Yeah. Yeah. That comes out in January. So that's exciting. I'm really excited. It's called Glory Girl, and um, it's fun. It's really fun. I'm excited about it. Um, and it's and it's super interesting. It's just one of those stories like only really God could write. I was already homeschooling my daughter, whose name happens to be Glory. Uh, I was already like planning on homeschooling her last fall, and my publisher came to me with the idea, and they were like, the, "You know, would you want to do this? The thing is, you'd have to do it in like two or three weeks." Um, you'd have to like turn your other girl for the job into this, into this. It's kind of like a guided workbook and journal for, okay. for tween ish, early teen girls. And they were like, could you do it 
And I was like, honestly, if I wasn't at home with her right now, I might be like lacking inspiration, but I've just spent three (laughs) months one-on-one with my 12-year-old. Like, yeah, I got it. I got some words. I'm ready. Um, And so then we went to the internet. It didn't have a title. We we were trying to figure out what to call it. I was like, let's just call it You're the Girl for the Job for Teens. Like, let's just, that's fine. We went to the internet and somebody on Instagram actually suggested the title Glory Girl, which I just love because that's what we've always called our daughter Glory Girl. Super, super fun time. Yeah, that comes out in January. I can't wait. That's exciting. I, I mean, having teenage girls myself, um, which Abby is about to be 18, which is nuts. Um, and then Emma's 14, but I just know how much like that message needs to begin at a really young age. And so I just want to say thank you in advance for doing the work to turn that into something because um, it's needed. So badly. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And then you, um, I love your new devotional, Take It Too Far. It's so good. And um, it's beautiful. I mean, everything you put out, uh, all your artwork and and everything, I know that it's a team collaboration, but it's so creative and beautiful. And and I love it. Love it. Thank you. (laughs) one of my favorite things about you is that you champion other women really well. You really are just an advocate for women. And, and I know that there have to be days where you are comparing yourself to, and (laughs) you're, you know, going through the same mental struggles that we all do. Um, but being in ministry, being, um, you know, surrounded by women in our work and what we do. Um, it's, it's hard. It, it, I mean, well, if we're just like gut level honest, it is hard to always be cheering on other women. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It takes a lot of determination and I feel like you have to know your season a little bit. Like you have to know what season you're in and, and there's, there's never a bad season to cheer other women on. Like there's never a bad season to be on other people's teams there are seasons where I can watch really closely what everybody else is doing and it doesn't impact me in any way. And there are seasons that I kind of have to go into a shell and say like, bless it, bless all y'all. I'm so happy for you guys. (laughs) You're killing it. I'm going to go into my corner. And for me, I would say quarantine has been one of those seasons. Like the pandemic has been one of those seasons. And, Mm -hmm. um, I really did like, I, I, I'm not, I don't have a cynical bone in my body. Like I don't get cynical about things. And so even when people were like just pumping out content, like I'm going to start a new podcast, I'm going to do this. I, I didn't feel like, Oh, good for you. But I was just like, wow. I am like, it's taking me all day to like breathe, you know, <laughs> I feel like to get through the day. It's just such a fight to worship. And so um, I just think it's, it's interesting how sometimes you can really like keep your eyes open and watch and, and be eager and able to bless. And sometimes you have to be like, God is mighty in a whole bunch of people in a, in a lot of incredible ways. The best way I can love everybody right now is to kind of shut my door and shut my eyes and, and let my world be small and, and, and use the capacity I've been given right here. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I, I didn't want to ever do women's ministry. Uh, if I'm just being real honest, because, because I just saw the competitiveness that came with women and the cattiness at times. And, um, and so I just never wanted to do it. Now I was, I was never a girl. I always had girlfriends. Like I, 
I always um, had a great group of friends, but I never really wanted to do women's ministry. So when the Lord called me to women's ministry, I was like, really? Like, that's what you're calling me to, God? Are you sure? Um, But I've found it to be so beautiful because at the bottom of it, I found that women are all, we're all just broken in need of a savior. Yeah, it's so true. You know, and so um, once you're vulnerable and you open up your lives to each other, wow, I love, I love to see what happens. And um, it's just one of my favorite things in the whole world now. It's what Mm. makes me come alive every day. And so, um, but Katie is, she's single, well, she's single, she's in a relationship, but um, (laughs) she's pre-engagement, still single. Uh, no, <laughs> she's like, Kim, shut up. Uh, <laughs> she's not that far. I don't know. He's not listening. This is a female podcast. Um, <laughs> if you are listening, pre-engagement, did you hear that? That's what we're expecting. <laughs> oh I'm blushing really hardcore right now. <laughs> What's his name, Katie? His name is Jacob. Jacob. Yes. Listening. Stop <laughs> <laughs> together, Jacob. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> she so hates me right now. <laughs> I can never. Mm. Katie's a nine on the Enneagram. Oh. Nine. <laughs> we love the nines. You really, he, she, you, well, you really did ruin your life just then. <laughs> <laughs> But what I was trying to get at is that Katie is a young adult woman. She's 27 and um, trying to figure out her calling, right? She came on as a resident with us in, I don't even know what month it is, y'all. It, it was December. December. Well, yeah, December 2nd was my first. It was a Monday. <laughs> so half of her church residency program has been in quarantine. <laughs> Welcome to ministry. Hey, no joke. That's going to serve you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, it's been interesting, but I, man, there are nights where I'm just like, Lord, thank you. Because this is like a, well, Lord, this is a once in a lifetime thing. So right. I, I am thankful. We, pray thankful. <laughs> we pray it's a once in a lifetime thing. Let it be God. <laughs> yeah. So my, I think my question to you is like, what? What are some of the things that you say to women Katie's age that are new in ministry or trying to, to navigate their calling? Um, what would you say to Katie and the other young adult women out there that are trying to figure out life? You know, it's so funny. I'm having flashbacks to being with you guys like two years ago. And um, a lot of times when I, when I travel to teach, I say things that I think are pretty like strange or off the wall not inappropriate, but just maybe not expected. And I feel like I just said a bulk of those things at she is like two years ago. And I'm, so I'm really blessed. We're still friends. Um, but I feel like I have this memory of asking you guys while I was on stage, asking you, do you guys like guns here? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I did. I think I said, do you guys like guns here? And everybody, I don't even remember what everybody said. And I think I was like, you know, there's like a, uh, a waiting period when you get a gun, you have to like apply for, I think I don't have a gun. I want to clarify. Like I don't, this is why I don't know because I, I don't have one. Um, but 
I think what's interesting is that's a really good idea to have a waiting period when you like apply to go get a gun before you pick it up. But I think that a lot of us, um, we, we get, we get that waiting period confused in mission, in ministry and in mission. And I think a lot of it's cultural. Like there's this perception that your twenties or your single years, or, you know, maybe even your thirties are about waiting. Um, and they're about, you know, just kind of like sitting on these gifts. And, um, I think that there's so much humility in preparation and there's so much humility in saying like, I want to be teachable. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to, I want to watch people. I want to ask really good questions about ministry, but, the reason why I even, I even say like, there's no waiting period and why that's so important that we not think that is because the problem with believing that our twenties or even, you know, whatever young adulthood, whatever that looks like, or our pre-married years is about like waiting for us to go on mission or, or it's only about preparing is that then we believe that once we start, we will be good and that we won't have to learn anymore and that we won't mess up when really like the second you run on mission is like the second you start making mistakes and have to keep repenting. And so, um, I don't know. I just, I think my biggest encouragement to any of my friends in their twenties or, or who aren't married yet, or who, who are kind of like perceiving that there's this next for them. Um, I don't know if that's a phrase y'all use a lot. Like people say that a lot in the church in the South. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I just want to know what my next is. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear somebody say that, I'm like, your next is now, like your next is now. <laughs> this is it. Like mm-hmm. don't graduate from needing the gospel. And there's also no, like, there's no commissioning moment where like every, you stand and they say like, now you get to be an ambassador of Christ. Like that happened. It's done. Mm-hmm. And so we can like learn and grow and be humble and glean and listen and follow people and be disciples while we're also just taking really wild and obedient steps, which I feel so comfortable saying that to Katie, because you obviously are like lending your voice to this podcast. Um, I can't even imagine what else, how else God's been using you in this season, but um, that would be my biggest encouragement to any women in that season. Like this, there is no waiting period between meeting Jesus and becoming an ambassador of Christ. Like this is it now. It, it only gets more fun, but like, it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. really helpful to know. Um, it only gets more fun, but it doesn't get any more easier. And you, and you just keep making mistakes and you don't graduate from meeting God really desperately. That's so true. Yes, you do, Kim. And maybe you could tell me, but like, from what I've seen, it's not happening. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's good. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. I'm sure other girls my age listening, I'm sorry, young women my age listening <laughs> will appreciate that as well. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, there is nothing, I don't know about you and Jess, you're, you're a little, you're younger than I am. Um, but there is nothing more fun for me than like seeing the Katie's and the Steph's and the other girls that are younger than me, like cheering them on and seeing them step into their calling. Like it really, it really is like, I want them to do greater things than I could ever do. Like I could like weep talking about that, but we just finished um, a book called Hero Maker on with our staff. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's by Warren Bird and um, shoot, I can't remember the David other Ferguson. David Ferguson. But it's all about, um, it goes so well with your book, actually. We kept 
the girls on the staff that kept, um, that were going through both actually were like, man, these go hand in hand, but it's all about you creating other heroes in your lives. You know, it's all about the one and then helping them find the one. And, and so it's just a powerful concept. Um, a beautiful picture of what the body of Christ should be. But, um, but I really do love seeing younger women flourish and like Katie, for instance, uh, she was a part of my first, uh, college girls Bible study when we moved here. And, um, she thought she was going to be an athletic trainer and <laughs> now here she is. Um, but she's an incredible artist and does all of these amazingly beautiful things. And so it's fun to see her flourish. But, um, but I will say that cheering other women on, especially young adult women is so fun for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said. Like, I want to see them do greater things than I could ever imagine. And I know you, I know you feel this way and I, I haven't gotten to see you with all your gals, but I've gotten to see you with stuff a good bit. Mm-hmm. And I love y'all's relationship. But I know you echo this. Like I, I always tell the women that I'm walking with, like, I don't, I don't mean like 30 years from now, like, like take it too far right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's such a, a freedom that I've found in, in just putting these words in my mouth to say to them, like, I cannot wait to learn from you. Um, and I'll say it to the women in my church who are having their first baby when my like oldest is 13. I'll say like, I cannot wait to learn from you in motherhood. I know th- this is what God does. Like he makes culture more vibrant as we grow together and he makes mission more mindful and intentional as like things develop. And so um, absolutely should the people be coming behind us, even if they're six months behind us or a year behind us or two months two years behind us, like, should they be bringing more vigor and passion and intensity and insight to the table? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, and I find it's like, cause I have, I mean, I'll admit that I have had my competitive streaks and I've had my <laughs> fair share of like insecure moments where I've compared my giftings to other women and and especially like my voice, especially like just, um, you know, always think, well, I'm quieter and I, I can't be used like them. And, and just really it's been in the last, you know, six years that I've really stepped into who God's created me to be. And that's still developing and it always will be, but, um, but it's so much more fun to cheer other women on than to be stuck comparing yourself to them. And um, it's so much more fun. And there's another piece of me, and I know, I know you've probably been listening to, there's another piece of me that's like, I'm tired, bro. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I'm 35 and I'm already tired. Like we need help. We need help. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather like share the load with you a little bit. And, and absolutely like there's no glory to share because it's all going to him anyhow. So yes. um Absolutely. Like I'd rather be cheering somebody on and getting a little bit of help out here. Uh, but I, I think so. This is personality type. I'm trying to remember you're a one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I'm married to a one too. And so I think a, there's a lot of like, I get that. Like that feels important. I'm an Enneagram eight and I've, what matters to me is getting it done. And, and sometimes that means I'm very happy saying I'm not the one who needs to be doing it because I'm so ill-equipped at it. I actually was coaching a bunch of women 
last night. And um, in the same vein of this conversation, one way our business had already, God had just given us vision and insight to pivot our business this year, which we're so grateful for, is that I go and tell gals, um, we have a podcast and I coach women in their God-given mission. And one thing that God had asked us to do this year was to license coaches to take about 30 women and teach them our coaching rubric, the like what we use, the steps that we use to coach people in um, and teach them how to coach. Like, here's how you have a session. Here's how you, here's how you give practical steps. Here's how you end a session, all of that. Here's how you set the temperature. And so we have women who are becoming health coaches. We've got women who are becoming business coaches. We've got women who are becoming relationship coaches. And um, in so many ways, I mean, there there is no like one day you guys will supersede me. Like they, a lot of them know a lot more about many things than I could. And so we're finishing their licensing program. They're about to all be like licensed coaches. And last night we had a session that I was just going to help some of them work through their business plan. And most of them like were eager and needed some help, but three or four of them are just genuine experts. Like we, we had a, an expert in like tax law who she's going through the coaching pro- program. We had two CPAs who are going through the coaching mm-hmm. program. And so people would ask me questions and I would answer and the girls would be like, that's not right. Or they're going to go to jail. Like you, that's not, that's not it. Like, so they were like raising their hand and I, at the end of it, um, as we've been licensing these gals, so many of them have been working through that. Like, how do I get past my feelings of inadequacy? How do I get past my feelings? And I was like, did you guys see that lived out right here? Like I am not the expert of the business things. I do not know the difference between an LLC and a 501c3. And I have one of each. Like I'm telling you that it's okay for us to have different giftings. And in so many ways, I got to enjoy that session so much more because I could just kind of sit back and let other people answer questions. And so um, that's another piece to it. It's like, I think a lot of us, this is a word right here. Listen, that's a word for me. I'm going to apply it to I think a lot of us may be missing out on the respite and refreshment that we need Mm -hmm. Because we're not just making room for somebody else, you know, yeah. to come in and win. And that can be as simple as like anybody listening who has kids, like that can be as simple as letting your kids do the chores instead of doing them right your way. You know, <sighs> I really struggle at that one. <laughs> so uh, hashtag like preaching to myself for sure. Um, but it can be as simple as that. You know, it can be as simple as saying, um, I love teaching. I have this gift of teaching. I'm, I'm like leading this group in some way, but I know this, this gal coming up behind me could also do it. Like maybe I should give her a week and just sit back. Mm-hmm. And maybe a lot of us would be able to go further and farther in our God-given mission if we just let people come in and help along the way. That's so good. Yeah. That was for me. <laughs> I Oh, you do that well. But also I think that might've been for me too. Like I think tonight I might have to make my kids let, make dinner, which, you know, I also might have to let them clean up too. You don't know. <laughs> that's, the, that's their pitfall. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, well, and just going off of that, like in this book, Hero Making, um, it talks about how like God never designed any of us to be the hero of our own stories. Like, because when we're the hero of our own stories, it's too much. It's too much on our shoulders. And we, like, he designed us to go and make heroes. 
and so that they're sharing the load and they're doing their thing. And yes, thank you for saying that. Well, and I will say too, like reading that book and also um, you're the girl for the job. I just want to say thank you for cheering. Like both of you, thank you for cheering on people in my position because I know for me coming from a place of a decent amount of insecurities and I never really would consider myself a comparison person, but when you cheer someone else on in their giftings, it helps, I feel like mitigate the comparison because you're really believing in who I am and what I can do. It's making me stop saying, okay, then you have to be like that person. So I just want to say thank you for me. And I'm sure there are probably other women listening to who have these, I feel like cheerleaders isn't the best word, but you know, cheerleaders in their life who are saying, I see this in you and I'm cheering you on in what God has gifted you in doing. And I know that has been huge for me. So thank you. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, having, you know, daughters and then one that's just about to like leave my nest. Like I, I'll be honest and say the last week I've been like waking up in the middle of the night, like, oh my gosh, have, I'm going to cry. <laughs> have I done everything I need to do to prepare her as her mom? Like, how did this come so fast? I need to teach her how to budget. I need to teach her how to clean her room better so that her roommate loves her. I need to like, you know, like all of these things. She's going to be 22 hours away from us. Um, have I done everything I need to do? And then, and then going back to as a mom, like I should have done this better. I should have spent more time. I should have. And, um, you know, it's just something I've had to come back to truth of like, God gives us so much grace and we can only do so much. And then we have to let our kids fly. And while they might end up in therapy for some things, which is totally okay. Um, I'm already saving for my kids therapy, like for sure. (laughs) Like we're, I, I want to go, I want her to see her like go and fly and be who she's created to be. And I, and I need to take the pressure off of myself to have taught her all of it perfectly. And so I, I always say anytime we do an event, especially the message of she is like helping women identify who they are in Christ, like that would be you know, my biggest prayer is that my girls know who they are in Christ. And while they're not always perfect and good Lord, either am I like <laughs> not always perfect. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think they know who they are in Christ and that's, that's so important. But, um, and Abby has asked multiple times if she, mom, can I come work from, for Jess at Bright City? <laughs> <laughs> And told her, well, we'll have to have those conversations later. There's so much room for you, Abby. She could see my house. <laughs> she, she, don't extend that invitation too far. She will be down there tomorrow. <laughs> as long as it means you guys will come visit, which I know you would. You know. Yes. Yeah, I say we do it. So I know that we probably need to start wrapping up, but I did want to ask you, so your devotion, take it too far. And you touched on it just a little bit ago. Just, I want you to just tell us your heart behind that message of take it too far. Yeah. Um, you know, so take it too far. I, I'm not an ideas person. I, I feel like I can't tell this, this 
story in a short time. So I'll, I'll make it as brief as I can. Um, I'm not an ideas person. I wish I was, but I don't, I don't have like out of the blue, like great ideas. I feel like most of the best things that have happened in my life, like God's put there and I've kind of been dragged along. So my publisher actually came to me like two years ago and they said, we notice you use this phrase a lot. When you ever want to write a devotional called take it too far. And I was like, Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I felt so loved and felt so seen that they had that idea. And so the phrase, we started saying it a lot because we started saying it in our church. And I remember the first Sunday I ever said it. And it was, it, you know, t- it ties in beautifully to this message, all we've been talking about. It was the first time um, one of our friends was going to preach at Bright City. It was, I think it was honestly the first person other than Nick to preach at Bright City. And, uh, he was a good friend of ours, like a brother to us and had moved with us to help us plant the church. And, and he was just nervous out of his mind and so scared. It was his first time preaching ever. And I took him aside and I was like, listen, like you're safe. Like you, this is your family. You're talking about your father that, you know, like this isn't performing. This is just like talking to your family about your good God. And I said, just take it too far. Like the only mistake you can make is like holding it back and being weird and getting nervous. Like just take it too far. You got this. And so we started saying it at church a lot, like take it too far, take it too far. And truly some of it is my personality. And some of it is like my bend as a daughter of the King is that I, I sort of feel like the only way things can go wrong is when people hold back. Like that's when I see a lot of problems arise is, is when people hold back. And so in so many ways, though we didn't plan it at all, take it too far is the absolute best follow-up to you're the girl for the job. Because like what happens when you really start to believe God's placed me where I'm at on purpose? I believe that. I'm like I'm, I I wanna believe that, I wanna live into that. Um, so take it too far goes through a hundred different characteristics of Christ-like living that we can take too far. And so the, the story of the book is not just that it was my publisher's idea and the church, um, it was like born in the church, but on top of that, I always have to tell people this part about the book is that when it came time to write it, I actually had totally forgotten that it was a deadline. And Kim, you and Mel know about this season for us. Last year, we uh, God just did a huge miracle for us and gave our church a church building. We had been um, we had been setting up and tearing down for five and a half years or six years, five and a half years, and uh, God just gave us this miracle of a building. But we had to raise fifty thousand dollars and move in in three weeks. And life just got flipped upside down. Like we, all of a sudden we're working like 6 a.m. to midnight every day. We're at the church. We're like painting walls and doing all the things. We got in the church building and we had our first Sunday. And then we had, um, the next Sunday was Easter. And then that next Monday, <laughs> my assistant came to me and she was like, I don't know if you noticed, but like you have a book deadline on Friday. And I was oh like, my God. She was like, take it too far. I think we just kind of forgot. Like you were supposed to be writing it all along. And I was like, okay, okay. I got to do it. I got to do it. And so um, I wrote like 90% of the book in a two day span of time. Wow. And I wrote the book and thought this is going to be the worst book anyone's ever written. Like I just immediately thought like they're going to send it back and be like, that was horrible. Connelly, try again. And so the, the, 
my publisher accepted the manuscript, which I was like, interesting. Okay. Um, and then a few months later I got the edits back and they were pretty minimal. And I was like, okay, no big deal. And I went to go read it and I realized this is my favorite book I've ever written mm-hmm. because I, it's like, I'm an Enneagram eight. We like to be bold. We like to be very direct. Mm-hmm. And I realized I just got to say what I thought about every single subject. I got to say what I thought about like, about what it means to take faithfulness too far. I got to say what I thought about what it means to take humility too far. And there's something about when you're writing a long book, like girl for the job, you know, you're having to like lead in and be gentle and like not, not say things. I mean, usually my first pass of any book, my editor's like, you sound like an angry manifesto. <laughs> living in basement. like nice like don't try again do you actually love people like she said that to me before do you love people do you love your reader um and i'll be like i do i'm sorry i'm sorry okay let me come back and so it's too far didn't have to be like that it was every every single devotional i just had 400 words and i just got to say like humility let's take it too far giving let's give it all away peace God gives us peace. Let's agree with that. And so it ended up being one of my favorite things I've ever got to write because it's just an Enneagram eight sitting in her, in her, you know, office, like <laughs> wildly tapping the key saying everything she's ever wanted to say. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, not only are you an Enneagram eight, but you're on the fivefolds gifting, right? You're a prophet. Yeah. Is that, yeah. So that's like prophet's heart right there. Yeah, it's, it's a fun one. But I love it because women who who naturally live in the like passion, wild, bold zone, it feels like the loving friend they've always had saying like, you're okay. This mm-hmm. is and for women who live in a more like meek and quiet and gentle space, it's the permission and the like, and the direction that they've always needed, that they've always wanted someone to say like, I can, I can't take mm-hmm. it, far, you know? And so I like it for all different types of women. I love that. And I love it for that reason too, because it totally gives women that permission that they need, that they didn't necessarily need from you, but they have it now in a book. And so it's, it's just beautiful. And they're so short every day. Like it's so doable. It's not this overwhelming thing, but it's yeah. beautiful. I love I, it. Like it's weird to to listen to a, a devotional on audiobook, but I say this is also a really fun one for an audiobook because it's just like five minutes of coaching every day. It's it's just I read it and it's very like direct and passionate. So I'm like, if you just ever needed like a little personal coach, you just get that audiobook, listen to one each morning, go on your day, you'll be fine. I, I have literally listened to it myself. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Katie, you have any, you have any other, you have any questions for Jess before we go today? I don't think so, but I think I need to make a new purchase. I don't have to take it too far. So man, Amazon, here I come. (laughs) Send you guys some too. I'll send you guys some. I love it. So, and I know we, we did some giveaways um, for She Is One Night Online and really encouraged our women to go out and get it. And so, yes, if you're listening to this, make sure and go get that book on Amazon. And it's wherever books are sold. So, and you can find Jess at jessconnelly.com and go and tell gals.com. Yep, that's um, it. Um, well, so I know we are still in this pandemic and things are kind of opening up, but what is something fun that you have been doing or have gotten to do while this world is on hold? 
I mean, I, I have started a garden, which is like the least me thing I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> nice. And I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Of course, I like, you know, go out and coach my plants every day and speak life to them and tell them how proud I am of them. Um, but that's not necessarily helping them grow, but it is fun for me <laughs> when my kids get too much. But I love my little garden. I'm, I'm out there all day long. Probably, I'm probably messing with them too much, to be honest. I need to give them a break. Did you enjoy doing it before at all? Never. Okay. Never. No, I don't, I'm not, I always say I'm like very indoorsy. Like okay, I do yeah. outside much less touching dirt. So it, it, I mean, I like, we started from scratch. I like went and got the wood. I, I had like a few house plants. I can keep a few house plants alive, but now I've, I'll have to send you pictures. I mean, I have a whole like square foot garden in my backyard and like 18 pots on my porch of kale and okra and spinach wow. and tomatoes and cucumbers. I mean, I, I you know, I take it too far. I, I gotta <laughs> that's amazing that's awesome oh man apartment living has me limited (laughs) katie you can come use my yard (laughs) all right i'll get on that i kill everything i cannot keep a house plant alive I, and, and I hate, I hate trying to go outside and I don't know what's a weed and what's not. So, (laughs) so maybe there's hope. Life. I try, I hate, I hate trying to go outside. I need a t-shirt that says that. (laughs) I hate how it feels to have dirt underneath my nails and. Oh my goodness, you guys, that's me. (laughs) I love getting dirty. (laughs) Katie, come over. (laughs) My biggest to my garden has been the bugs because you have to like really fight them you have to like get in there and clean your plants off and every time I see a spider I'm like forget it I'm going inside for a week but you have to like clean all the bugs off and like it's 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 a process that's amazing well we love you Jess a whole lot and so we're just so thankful that you're with us today we will see you soon because we're gonna have you to Indiana PA as soon as you can't get rid of me. I'm coming. It might be the first flight I get on. Yeah, absolutely. We would love to have you, but we love you. I hope you have a great day gardening. Thank you. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the She Is Community podcast. And a special thank you to Jess Connolly for being with us, just having a great conversation, for talking more about her book, You Are the Girl for the Job and Take It Too Far. And Kim and I can't emphasize enough how much you should read those books. So grab them, support Jess. We promise you that it's going to be extremely impactful for you. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify so that you will be notified when we have episodes coming out soon. We love you ladies. Have a great day.